Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so excited you're here with us today because today we have a very special guest. We have with us today, Dr. Nancy Wiley, who is the author of the new book, Divine Trust. She is going to be talking to us all about her new book and how she went from, well, she's an orthodontist with a scientific background, She's someone who really does a lot of energy healing work with people and trusts in the divine. So I cannot wait to hear about her journey. Welcome to the show today, Nancy. Oh, thanks, Melissa. I think this is awesome. I love what you're doing. And I'm just putting the intention that we are going to shift thousands of people. Absolutely. Um, I love that. And that's absolutely what this podcast is all about. It's just helping people to shift their lives in a positive way each and every day. So thank you for coming on here and being a part of that shift with us today. It's my pleasure. And thank you for having this platform for us to get this information out. I can't wait to hear where we go with this. I, I know. I'm very excited about that. I really am curious about your background because you started off in a very scientific background as you're an orthodontist. So how did you go from just doing your thing, being an orthodontist, being very scientific to where you are now and writing a book about divine trust? Oh my gosh. Let's see. So I, I'm trying going to try to do this in as succinct a way as possible. Mm. When I was three years old, I remember everything from my second birthday on because I had a trauma and it kind of woke me up. And it's from those types of um, occurrences that you really see how the fabric of everything, if you, if you stop and you look and you reflect, you see like how rich this world is and really everything's conspiring for our good, even our traumas. So, um, you know, I see that with beautifully broken your book, it's all going to come back to, I'm sure what's in that book and you being enlightened by your past trauma and your history, it's all going to intertwine. So back to my second birthday, having a trauma, my grandfather held me on my lap, um, on my birthday, my second birthday, while my mom and my grandma were cleaning in the kitchen, and we were all in my parents' room, and he made me watch a horror movie called um, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Now, it sounds silly, but for a two-year-old, making them watch and holding them and trying to say it's just a movie, they're not going to get that. So it traumatized me, first of all, being held down and not being able to leave. So I remember everything from my second birthday, right? So like, what does that have to do with um, the price of tea in China? <laughs> well, when I'm three years old, I am sitting in the backyard with my brother. I grew up in Ohio and a friend of his, he's eight years older, a girl trying to flirt with him comes riding her horse by us. And me being impressionable, I fell in love with horses and that's all I ever cared about all I ever wanted to, I wanted to be a horse trainer from that point on. I started riding when I was four after that and became fanatical about horses. Again, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? So all I wanted to do is have horses. And my mom said, you're too smart. Um, I was a genius. I, I think I had a IQ of 147. She said, you're too smart to be a horse trainer, become a doctor instead, and then use your money that you're going to make to buy horses. So that's kind of the path I set on. And all I would do was study, study, study. Why? 
because I wanted to become a doctor so I could afford horses. See how it all, (laughs) it's just so weird, right? So I studied and studied and studied and I couldn't get into medical school. I wasn't accepted, but dental school, I came in like 99th percentile on all those exams and I got into dental school. So I went to Columbia, I got a master's in nutrition and um, did research at Johns Hopkins Medical School for a year, and then went back to get my dental degree, then my orthodontic degree, then I also have a bachelor's in biology, and then I became a, a lifetime diplomat to the American Board of Orthodontists, that's 10 years, then a qualified oral facial myologist, so that's six advanced degrees all scientific. Now, what is, again, what does this have to do? Me being so intense and studying all day and all night and on the weekends, and my mom had two other older kids, and she's like, this is not normal. You know, you need to like relax a little bit. So when I was 16, she took me to learn transcendental meditation, just to relax me, to de-stress me. She heard, you know, that was like in the 1970s, and she had heard that that would de-stress me. So I started meditating. Now that was 45 years ago. So I've been meditating. I did that for 25 years. And I did that with, um, also with the, with being given a book called the power of your subconscious mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy and autobiography of a yogi. Those two things I got by the age of 20. And they were like, so mind broadening that if it were possible, I made the intention to become enlightened in this, this life form that I'm in right now, in this incarnation. So that was my quest. So I had all these scientific quests, which is left brain and all these right brain metaphysical and actually, you know, not being, I was so scientific and, and my sister was a little psychic. I poo-pooed her like you wouldn't believe because why I was trained the scientific way. So, I mean, we had, I could go down all these different roads and I'm trying to keep it as succinct as possible. So me being down this left road, but also simultaneously going down the right brain. And then somewhere I started having um, psychic type of phenomena happening to me. And as a scientist, you ignore it, right? Yeah. So you squelch it. You say that cannot be possible. That is just my imagination. And I kept trying all different forms of meditation to calm myself down. But also I, you know, wanted to become enlightened in this, this incarnation. And I finally found a teacher after all these different types of meditations. Her name was Jetta Molly out of UK. And she did a special type of guided meditation. And I started with her in 2008. From that point forward, oh my God, my my right brain world opened up into these fantastic, mystical, and even more real to my five senses is this inner world at this moment in time. I had... um, what she explained was unity consciousness happened to me because I started studying with her, um, you know, in, in small groups mentoring. And I did that for years and I've been still studying with her. And um, so I actually have quite a bit of um, connection. She would have us meditate on gratitude, love, and my favorite, which I didn't know why was trust. 
So here I am, an orthodontist in South Florida, about a mile and a half from Marjorie Stillman Douglas High, working on the day of February 14th, 2018. My mom had just died. We had just had our funeral the um, Friday before this. And I realized, like, I no longer suffer. My interaction, my trust in the divine, my one-on-one -on -one relationship direct, like it talks to me directly. I can ask it questions and it gives me answers directly. The big cheese or the source, whatever you name God, the divine universe, whatever you give it, it has a direct relationship for me. And it will tell me you're sufficiently purified. I've had to go through a lot of things. I mean, a lot of work on myself where I knew I had limiting beliefs that were just holding me back. And so through various, I mean, I cannot go into it here, but through various different programs and working with different teachers and, and different books, I've actually purified my soul enough to hear directly. So my mom passes, my dad's distraught my sister's distraught my brother's distraught but I am at peace with it I actually was with her when she took her last breath I as a Reiki master helped her transition over and I was completely fine I mean it was the most profound sad excruciatingly sad and beautiful moment when you see someone take their last breath Anyways, I knew I was no longer suffering. So then this event happens with the shooting. I'm sitting in the clinic and a mom standing next to me. You know, we have an open clinic as an orthodontist. And she says, there's an active shooter. We go, <gasps> and she said at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, but she said, there's an active shooter at Douglas. And when we breathed out, all we could hear were sirens, helicopters. It was excruciating. So we shut the office down. And when I went home that day early, I could see like 30 cars all parked along. They just pulled up on the sidewalk of a major thoroughfare, abandoned their cars and walked the rest of the way because they created gridlock. Well, you could imagine. And it wasn't until five o'clock the next morning, I found out I lost a patient and one of my stop lost her sister. And it was like, we were beyond grieving. And so we had a candlelight visual. I, I went to that that day, but um, afterwards the whole community was in shock and really no one started coming in for about six weeks after it. And when they did, the students that went to that school had a vacant look in their eye, like someone had gone, like they were no longer there. And that's post-traumatic stress. So uh, I had also a psychiatrist as a patient and he said, you watch, they're gonna start committing suicide. It's not publicized because they can't do it because they're afraid of chain reaction and, and copycat you know, actions. But a lot of people started committing suicide or attempting it. And that's when I was like, well, I'm no longer suffering. I hold sacred knowledge that I need to do something with, but what, I'm an orthodontist, I don't have time, what am I gonna do? Melissa, at the same time, my back started giving me excruciating pain and I thought it would go away. And I'm a Reiki master too. I know you're a Reiki master and we're like, well, I can heal it. I can, it'll go away and, you know, give yourself Reiki and it'll go away. And we trust it did not go away. And I'm like, okay, I'm trusting there's a reason for it. So I found out I had 17 bulging discs and four herniations. And every day I was 
bending over patients. It was actually making it worse and worse and worse. So I made a decision to put my practice up for sale. This was in 2019. It sold um, right in the middle of the pandemic. Actually, I had a contract and it kind of put got put on hold because the pandemic came, which I said, guys have a sense of humor. I don't know why this is why, but the timing was like so surreal. So Melissa, what I did is I I timed my last day in my orthodontic practice, the last day I would walk out and I rented a beach condominium on, in New Smyrna Beach, which is one of the most beautiful beaches in the world for a month. And I was just going to decompress. And I timed it with a spiritual retreat with a group I'm in called Your Year Miracles. And we have an annual retreat every year in November. So I timed it, it would be four days later. So we had to make an intention for the retreat. And my intention was, God, I don't have any visible means of income. I don't know why you're pushing me out of my orthodontic practice. I just know you are. Please give me my next divine assignment. The first day of the retreat starts. We're in a process. And I hear the words, you are going to write a book on trust. And I'm like, I'm a scientist. Writing is my weakest point. How could you come to me with this? Just it was quiet after that. Day two, I'm in another process with a different teacher. And I hear, we've been working with you your whole life. Your whole life has been working up to this. You embody trust. You're going to help so many people with this book you're going to write about trusting in the divine. So I'm like, okay, who am I? I'm not going to argue with this. This is the second time through. You know, as well as I do, when you get a download like that, it has a different feeling, a different um, energy state. You know it, you know it's real, and you know not to argue with it. Day three in the retreat, heard nothing. I'm like, I'm trusting. I heard those two days. I'm trusting this is what I'm supposed to do. Day four. I'm, this is like so miraculous. Day four. I'm in another process. And I hear, you're going to write a book on trust. Get up. This is the outline for your book. And it out and, and it told me to write these down. So I outlined the book out. And then it wrote itself five days in five days. And that's my story. So it's really sacred knowledge that's here to change the world. My intention is to ignite a massive shift in human consciousness. And they are telling me this energy is telling me that people will believe me because of all those degrees that I was situated specifically in Parkland. Well, it's on, it was Coral Springs, which is a mile and a half from Marjorie Stillman Douglas. But situating me specifically there with this sacred knowledge to write this book and be the spokesperson. So my vehicle is actually a vehicle which allows this to be um, distributed through channel. Channeling is a woo-woo word. I surrender to this energy to become overlit by it. And it tells me what to say and what to write. And that's my story. And that's not that succinct. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's quite a journey though. Um, and I don't, I, you know, to say, I think you were in the right place at the right time. I mean, I, I do believe the universe lines us up for things like that. And I totally get 
be channeling the book because when I had the a similar and same experience when writing mine, I it just I thought it was going to be just a cathartic journal for myself and getting out everything I needed to get out. And instead it ended up turning into a book, which I was really surprised at. So I understand feeling that urge. And you said this, I think it's so funny. I say this all the time. If you ignore the universe, <laughs> the universe will push until it's finally uncomfortable if you don't take action with what mm -hmm. they want you to do. So this Divine Trust Now is the name of the book. So tell us a little bit more about the book itself and, um, you know, what what's in the book and how yeah. it's helping people. So so my teacher, Jetta, would have us spend really months and, and, you know, through the years I've worked with her, you know, we revisit things like gratitude appreciation, love, you know, the, the main top hits. Mine though was trust, whatever was going on that caused, you know, um, a distortion or me to be out of sorts. Whenever I would get into a state of trust, it would just do something like this. And I'd be centered and home and there. It was my portal to the divine. So I had to figure out, okay, well, I have this trust. I have this knowledge. <laughs> My dog's going to start barking to talk to yours, but um, I have this direct link and this way home. And I had to distill it down to be able to, to slow it down and to teach others. How do you get to this place where you no longer suffer? anything could happen, literally anything, the death of a mom, anything could happen. Um, and I no longer suffer because I have such a steadfast trust in the divine. And I want to define it. If you look up the Webster Dictionary of Trust, it is the firm belief in the reliability, strength, or truth of a thing. In this case, God, source, energy, whatever name you give the universe or that higher power, the energy that hosts everything. That implies like it's based on faith. Okay, maybe the first time you go to see it, it is based on someone's direction or faith, and you have to put trust in them to, to extend trust out to source. But once you do, you reach your hand out, it grabs you and pulls you in, and then you see you're not separate, you're the same. And it starts this one-on-one -on -one relationship, which is not based on faith. It's an actual, tangible, real back and forth communication. It's a direct communication that is as real as I'm seeing you on Zoom. So that's what I teach in the book. It's actually divine trust, a practical guide to end your suffering and find your way home. So I wanted to add that on so people would know. And I have step-by-step -step process in it. It's a small book and it's meant the divine wanted it to be short because it wanted it to be concise. It didn't want it to be, it did not want it to be verbose or difficult. It's, but it's super deep. It's, it's, it's really um, so simple, but so deep. And you could keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and keep reading and doing the processes. I have meditations that go along with it. They come with the book where you go and you scan in the scan code um, and you get the processes. 
and it's so beautiful and deep and and completely sacred completely sacred and it wants me I am starting to teach these Parkland kids that are still affected I start on September 1st um, it just unfolded perfect timing the trial started three weeks ago which I had no idea that you know I'd be coming in um, in the midst of this you know that happened four years ago and now the trial is just starting and it's dredging up all these you know these these wounds and it's all about core wounds and how to deal with them and how to unfold them and utilize those core wounds much like your book beautifully broken to be the impetus to change the world to change ourselves and it all starts with sacred knowledge of about how i heard on one of your shows that um a person you were interviewing said we're the spark of the divine i'm like no, we're not the spark of the divine. We are the divine. We are the divine. Full, full force. But we're, we're not, we're not prepared to accept that responsibility. We're not trained in it. We're not taught this. And this is what this is here to teach to teach the divinity that is our birthright, that we are, we are so powerful. Did you know that when you meditate, your DNA actually unravels? I heard this by Greg Bragg Bragdon. Um, research shows that the DNA strands actually uncoil so more of the genetic code could be expressed. Well, that sounds awesome because why would a scientist who never had any profound spiritual gifts before all of a sudden be able to see or see here smell no I can feel I can I mean my spiritual senses are so magnified that I can see as if something were more real in the unseen world than it is in this real world with the five human senses it's so magnificent but I had to go through a process of training and spiritual purification and changing and um, awakening all my chakras and, you know, different, so many different things. I cannot possibly talk about it here, but um, yeah, that's the book. The book makes it simplified so that we can start to understand our divinity and to start on our path of lack of suffering and of this massive shift in human consciousness. Yeah, I love that. Because I, I do see that a lot of times we suffer more than we need to because we don't trust, I think, enough or understand. It's the story you told with your mom or about your mom is beautiful because I too, I lost my mom in January and I also was holding her hand when she took her last breath. So I get that, you know, I get the profoundness of it's a horrible experience, but also a beautiful experience all at the same time. Um, and grief is a really strange thing. And a lot of people really do suffer so much because they don't have the tools or know how to work through it. So I think it's really, really great that you're working with the students who uh, were in the shooting. So are you, 
how exactly are you going to be working with them? Well, I want to be one-on-one in front of them, reading their energy. Um, I, I specifically excel to feel their energy, to, I can look at people, I can sense them, I can read into their energy, and I can know exactly what it is. And it's the light of my consciousness holding the light for them, for their light to turn on. And I don't believe there's death. I just believe the vehicle leaves. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to make light of your situation, but it, death is not real. It isn't. It's just the body, the vehicle goes, the soul stays, you know that. And you, I mean, I could talk to my mom more after she passed than when she was alive because she had Alzheimer's. So for her last um, maybe seven years, I really couldn't communicate. I tried to go soul to soul because she, she and I became Reiki masters together. You know, obviously she's the one who took me to learn transcendental meditation. We were super close and it was through her her guidance, her openness that I even trusted to take a step in that direction. But I don't feel she's dead. I feel she's just changed. You know, in um, in uh, physics, quantum physics is very, very similar to all the things we learn in the spiritual world. So um, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. And so your mom has just changed form. She is still with you. She is still accessible. She is still very much alive. And once you, that is no longer just something you're heard, but you know it with every ounce of your, 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 your vehicle or your soul, then you don't suffer. So that, I mean, you're, you have grief, yes, that the loss of, you know, not having your mom alive in human form, but you realize she's still very much alive in her spiritual form. That energy is just changes form. It's just in a different form. So, yeah, I love thinking about it that way. And it's very true. You know, I've dreamt about her a lot since I really do feel like we've communicated through dream state a lot since she's passed. But I want to get back to your book, though. Mm -hmm. So um, if someone were to pick up your book and start reading this, might this also help them to maybe open up more to any, you know, I I believe we're all born with gifts, with psychic abilities and different gifts, but we just kind of block them as we get older. If someone were picking up your book, might this be something that would help them to reconnect with those abilities that maybe they don't realize they have? Absolutely. Even the first meditation in chapter three, I have like a little explanation and then a meditation process. Very short. Again, everything's meant to be concise and short. Um, People that have read it tell me that that alone, they feel shifts from the very first time they listen to it. And the more they listen to it, the more it shifts. It's just so beautiful. It's like, just, can we try one little thing? I just want to try one little thing for your listeners so that they can get an idea about what is in it and how it might help them. Okay. 
So many people can't meditate or they say they can't meditate because their mind, they can't quiet their mind. So this, the way and the beauty of guided meditation is that it actually gives your mind something to latch onto, to direct it into the present moment. So I teach them to breathe in, you know, the breath and then breathe out and to just kind of follow a circle in their mind, breathe out and just do that for like three breaths to get centered into the present moment. And with your eyes closed, then to look out in front of you. So um, I have a whole PowerPoint. I made a whole masterclass presentation and a PowerPoint presentation that goes with this and teaches it one-on-one -on -one with me because I wished I had had someone available to me that was on this level that knew these truths in front of me teaching me. It would have made my life so much easier, but that's the beauty of the platform of what you're on. What you're doing right now is if you're getting one person out there listening to this and they're like, oh, you know what? I, I see what she's saying. So let's just breathe and close our eyes and follow the breath. And just give your mind that circle to follow. So breathe in and go up the circle, to the left side of the circle to the top and breathe out and come down the right side. And breathe in. And breathe out. One more. <clears throat> breathe in. And breathe out. So just keep your eyes closed and listen to my words. Just following that circle in and out brings you into the present moment. And if you feel where you're sitting in your chair, feel it beneath you. Feel where your hands are sitting on your lap. Keep breathing. And now, with your eyes closed, just look forward. What do you see there? What do you perceive there? Is it inert, just dead airspace? Or is it something that senses you, that's aware of you. You might sense there's an aliveness to this energy in front of you. You might feel it. You might hear something. You might see something. But just stick with it. And the more you do, the more it will reveal its characteristics. It is alive. It is aware. And it is an unending sea of awareness. Now, you might get glimpses of it. You might glimpse the reality of it. 
the awareness of it, which is how it started with me. So now, as much as you probably don't want to, just feel your hands, feel where you're sitting, bring yourself back into your body, call your consciousness back. Wow, that was so relaxing. And I love any kind of centering exercise where you bring your awareness more to the present moment because I feel like so often we're on autopilot and we're so busy and we're running, running, running. We don't take the time to slow down enough. And I always feel like when something's happening in my life, I need guidance, I need this or I need that. I just need to go within. That's when I'm gonna find it is to take time to be still and to be quiet and get centered. So think about that, what you just said. So what most of us are trained in that left brain about any fear, any anxiety, any, any pain, any suffering is going to be in the left brain. It's going to be in the past or in the future. So you're thinking about something that happened to you, a pain point where you suffered and you're project or you're projecting on into the future. You're going to have this pain point coming up. What I did is I bypassed that whole thing and got us into our consciousness in the present moment. So here, this is the beauty. So I'm going to contrast and, and compare. So the mind is the tool for judging, for analyzing, for criticizing, for blaming, shaming, complaining, for finding what's lacking, missing, or wrong. I'm not saying it's bad, but that's where the suffering is, right? Yeah. Consciousness to com compare with that is in the present moment. Everything's perfect. Everything's whole. And everything is, is perfect just the way it is. No matter, like you're beautifully broken. It, it, if you take that into the present moment, you see how perfectly imperfect the world is and everything that your mind would have labeled with as less than perfect or something's lacking, missing or wrong. In the present moment, it's beautiful and perfect just as it is. This is holy ground. This is where we find our wholeness. This is where I am being shown humanity is going to be operating from here. And all our pain, all the mass shootings and the political unrest and divide and wars and anything that's, that's causing us to want to move away from in this moment, it's perfect and whole. And when we start operating from this present moment consciousness, this, all of this negativity will dissolve. And that's the whole purpose of the pain is to wake ourselves up. Do you want to continue like this? Do you? No, it's this time for humans to usher in this new way of being. And that's what I'm all about and why I'm here to usher this in, to be, to be the sound piece of consciousness. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. I know. Yeah, it does. Some things are hard to put into English words, but that is the whole point. 
That's the whole point. That's the whole point of suffering is to say, do you really want to continue like this? The answer, no, we, we want to become into this present moment of perfect wholeness. And then this all dissolves and it actually our outer world becomes perfect and it mirrors this wholeness of the inner world. So it, it all starts with a choice though. We have to decide, do we want to change the way we're operating? And if we don't, that's why things are heating up. That tourniquet is on putting pressure, you know, more and more it's heating up, turning up. Is this what you want? Is this really what you want for humanity? Is this what you want for yourself? Is this what you want for your children? Is this what you want for the rest of humanity? No, we don't. We want this wholeness. We are this wholeness. And it's time for us to take, to take our stand in this beauty and perfection that we are. Yeah, I love that. And I think you're so right on about needing to change it is a choice it's what you're choosing to focus on and what you're choosing to do every day you know a lot of people will say well i don't like my life but then they don't take any steps to change it they don't do anything differently and you can't complain and, and sit there and say i don't like the way things are and then do nothing right complaining shaming blaming you see that's how we're all taught to be until now i mean there are so many light workers melissa you know what you interview them i see your list of people you interview i see you i know where you're coming from there's so many light workers and we are ushering in this new humanity and that i believe is why you have your platform. I believe that's why this type of technology has been available. Have we used it for this purpose? Very little until now. Now we are starting to use it like this. And this is the whole, the whole reason I'm here. And thank you so much for having this platform and allowing me to, to be on this show and share this sacred knowledge with your listeners and viewers. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you being here. And if there's anyone out there who's listening, who would really like to buy your book, Divine Trust, mm -hmm. or maybe they just want to follow you or work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So um, you can go to divinetrust.com um, and follow me there. I'm available for group mentoring, um, speaking engagements. And, you know, um, I'm starting my podcast. I'm right now I'm on people's podcasts, but I will be starting my podcast and they can follow me on Instagram. But my book is Divine Trust, not Trust the Divine. That's my website. Divine Trust is where they can go on Amazon, pull that up. But just there's another book with that. It came out the same year that I wrote my book. I couldn't believe it. It's like, wow, if that wasn't a download. But Minds Divine Trust, a practical guide to end your suffering and find your way home. Buy it on Amazon. It's available in audible form. Um, the energy was clear. One of my voice, my essence to read it. So that, that was the hardest part. Writing was easy, but putting it on audible, oof, that took like six months <laughs> so it's available on audible it's available on kindle and then of course in paperback on amazon and for your listeners who aren't in the u.s it's on findaway voices as well so it's available in all formats and please work with me the more people we can awaken like your podcast awaken your inner awesomeness which i just love 
which I couldn't wait to be with you and on your show for that. But the more people we can awaken, the better the whole world is going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing some of your wisdom with us and for doing the work you do, because I, I do believe that this work is so important and we definitely need to be out there spreading our light to help awaken others and raise the vibration of the collective. So thank you for doing that and for being here with us today. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you to all your listeners and viewers too. Yeah, I want to thank you guys so much for being here with us today. As always, I really appreciate each and every one of you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. You can also join us on Patreon. If you are a patron, you will see this interview with Dr. Wiley because the patrons have exclusive videos of the interviews that I do with people. Plus you get two extra episodes per week of the podcast. So I'd love to see you there. All of the uh, links will be in the show notes as well as the links for Dr. Wiley's website as well. I hope that you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you are. I'm sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.